Blog Talk Radio.
As always, we here at Berean give you our solemn oath that you will not ever hear any churchianity, religiosity, and certainly no cheap and easy believism. We are a sola scriptura outfit. I'm your co-host and deacon, Dave Horner, and um, it gives me immense pleasure to introduce our host, your pastor, your chaplain, your sky pilot, a man who once told me, if the pen is mightier than the sword, then a sharpie must be a weapon of mass destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, Chaplain Bill Herman. Good evening, and welcome. Welcome to the Korean Bible Chapel Blog Talk Radio broadcast. And uh, we have a, a full plate tonight. Dave's got something for us in a few moments, and uh, we're going to be having kind of an informal fireside chat message uh, with a strong, strong biblical emphasis. And when you hear the message tonight, you're going to you're going to be searching your hearts like I've been searching my heart all week long for tonight. And I'm praying that uh, the message will definitely be a rallying point within Berean Bible Chapel. And uh, there's just no other way to present this except speak from the heart tonight. And so I'm asking everyone to please uh, have your ears open. And uh, as the scripture says, let him who has ears to hear, let them hear. (laughs) And so uh, we'll be, we'll be discussing all the, all of that later before we begin though, we're going to have a word of prayer. And and I'm still waiting for folks to come in. There's plenty of room. If you want to come in, you can listen. <laughs> Even in the studio, you can listen in studio. And the guest call-in number is 347-996-5867. And uh, I'm just praying that, you know, God is glorified above all things tonight, okay? And uh, maybe there's some things you'd like to share and all of that. And we are so grateful to have you with us here tonight. We certainly are. So let's uh, let's just open in prayer. Father God, we just we're just coming before you, Lord. It's been uh, incredible time with you, Lord, this week. Mm-hmm. Some of us have been in prayer and Bible study all week long. And Lord, we just uh, we look forward to this time, this opportunity we have, where we gather together in Your name, Lord. And we uh, lift up Jesus. We lift up Your Word. And uh, Lord Jesus, we uh, we bring our prayer petitions, spoken and unspoken, to Your throne of grace the mercy seat itself and we lay our prayers and petitions before you Lord 
We're so grateful for Brother Dave being here. We know he's been through a lot, Lord, in the last two weeks, three weeks. And uh, he's here with his boot on, so to speak, Lord. He's here, Lord, when you've uh, raised him up from uh, pain and suffering and affliction. And you were with him, Lord. And as we prayed for him and we prayed for mercy, that you you did. You gave mercy, Lord. And uh, we ask you, Lord, to help Dave heal. We help. We ask you, Lord, to help his situation heal. We're so grateful he wasn't even more injured, Lord. And we pray, and also for his wife, Quinn. And we're praying, Lord, for the other prayer requests, other brothers and sisters in Christ going through trials and tribulations. Uh, some in fiery trial, Lord. None of, none of the brethren are far from our hearts, Lord. They're always a prayer away. Just a prayer away, Lord, though the distance may be great between us. And for some of us, for many of us, We've never, ever really had the opportunity to meet each other face to face. But you know us. And we know you, Lord. And we know your voice. We come before you, Lord, and we pray for one another. We pray for the spoken prayer requests, Lord, that have been mentioned in Berean, where people are still praying, still rejoicing. And what you're doing I think of a sister in Christ in Berean Who is going through some brain trauma And she's had some very very serious difficulties She's already fought off cancer Lord Now she's going through brain trauma And we're praying for that sister in Christ right now because of the situation, Lord, she has to notify her her children about her, the situation. And they have to even get themselves looked into, Lord. And we're, we're just definitely, we're keeping that family in prayer, Lord. Thinking of her sister in Christ, Jamie Crawford Webb. Who uh, has fought off cancer Is recovering from chemo and radiation She's trying to get her taste buds back Lord Trying to be able to taste and eat food again She's uh, Has some residual effects of the chemo and radiation And we pray for Jamie Lord our sister in Christ in Florida, Pensacola, we're praying for Gina Mondello. We're praying for uh, her situation, her upcoming surgery. We're praying for her, Lord, with the dialysis and the, and the kidney failure. And we ask if it's your will, Lord, that you put her on a transplant list. You would, Lord, make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way right now. That you would make a way for her 
And Father God, we're we're praying for your will and all of that. And if any of us can help her, we pray that will be possible. We're praying for our brother and sister, Mylan and uh, Sophie Bunchevac in Cleveland, Ohio, buried in snow right now, Lord. We're praying for them. We're praying for Mylan and your blessing on him and your blessing on Sophie, Lord. We're praying, Lord, for the uh, Kathy and Lyndall Stanley. We're praying for that family. We're praying for her. All the prayer requests, Lord. There's so many, so many people going through so much, Lord. And we we commit them all, one and all, to Christ. Sure is. We commit them to your care and keeping. Help us to be there for each other, Lord. There's so many prayer requests, so many people. Our sister in Scotland, our sister, our sister in Christ in the Netherlands. Those families that are fighting COVID and coronavirus and all of that. We thank you that you spared us from that, Lord, from being hospitalized. (coughs) We thank you for raising those out of hospitals. And we pray your blessing on everyone, Lord, in Berean. Help us to know, Lord, we have a glorious day coming. That every day with you is a glorious day in Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be what we ought to be as we pray for one another, to be there for each other. And for this chapel, we pray for your will above all things that you would protect this chapel from discord and division. As we glorify you, as we lift up Jesus, Mm -hmm. this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With his praises One day when sin was As black as could be Jesus came forth to Be born of a virgin Dwelt among men My example is he The word became flesh The light shined among us His glory
though we aren't venturing out as much as we used to thanks to this COVID thing. Um, but we ask you to please keep us safe when we do and to remind us to uh, bless everyone we may encounter, six feet apart, of course. Um, Father, I also pray for the spoken and unspoken prayers of all who may be listening and to bless them mightily, please. We all have things we ask you for, Lord. And having Christian consciences, there are things that we may leave out so as not to feel like we're imposing on you. I know I'm guilty of that myself, Father, and I ask forgiveness. Um, Please forgive us for putting you in our earthly frame of reference and forgetting that you have uh, – there's probably no frame of reference that would fit you, Lord, considering you're infinite. So uh, uh, please remind us um, that your patience with us is infinite too. Lord, I also pray for those who have been infected with this coronavirus, just as Brother Bill did a minute ago, and that you please heal them and comfort their families and that you also bring about a swift and above all definite end to this malady. Also, from those of us who, uh, who are not infected by this virus, Please accept our heartfelt thanks and praise. And also, Lord, we ask for comfort in times of doubt, spiritual food in times of spiritual famine, and your living waters in times of drought. By the power of your amazing name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's uh, devotional, I, I actually entitled it, I'm calling it The Greater Purpose of Pain. Um. For those of you who don't know, uh, I uh, I cracked my, uh, my uh, fibula, which is the skinny bone in your lower leg. The tibia is the big one. The fibula is the skinny one. What happened was our kitchen floor was uh, sagging, and there was definite water damage. And we it was sagging so bad that the tiles were cracking when we walked on them. And so we decided to have it fixed, and we called a, a repairman, and he just – he just finished Friday, and man, did he do a good job. But, you know, during the first couple of days, um, he was re- he was tearing up the flooring, and he had done, um, I think he, I think he had, he'd torn up the, the tile, and he'd torn up the first layer of plywood, and there was one layer left. And it turned out that he had something he had to go tend to. I don't recall what it was, but it was kind of urgent. So he uh, called us into the kitchen and kind of briefed us briefed us on which parts of the floor were safe to walk on. Well, I missed where he said in front of the refrigerator, because I, I, I like uh, uh, Gatorade and sports drinks. I, I'm a, my uh, pain meds and my sinus meds dry me out like the Sahara. So I'm, I'm always sipping on something. And so I decided to go to the fridge and get me another drink. Well, as soon as I put my foot on that sheet of uh, chip, uh, particle board in front of the fridge, I went straight through all the way up to my belly. And um, interestingly enough, uh, I was dangling. My feet did not hit the bottom of our crawl space. And I also happened to, that's when I cracked my fibia. I bounced it off with must have been a support beam or something. And uh, so I I hung there. It wasn't long. It was just a couple of minutes until uh, Quinn could come over and help me out of the hole. And... um, Dave? 
Oh, Dory, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, we all have suffered the intense pain from an injury in our lives. And if you haven't, then you can go ahead and get ready because your turn's coming. I guarantee. Speaking for myself, I've always been a glasses half full kind of guy. Um, so when I was hanging in the floor um, and wincing from all the new pain from my uh, ankle, I do recall that at least I couldn't feel any pain in my back at the time. <laughs> my uh, ankle pain was eclipsing my back pain. Uh, it's the principle of dist distraction. Uh, that's why your nose doesn't itch when a shark is biting your arm off. But seriously, no. Tonight's um, devotional I'm basing on 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, if you want to turn to the scripture. I I'm going to read it in a minute anyway. It's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And uh, here it is in full. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us, comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, so our so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Um, basically, those who have suffered make great counselors for those who are suffering, in a nutshell. Um, <clears throat> oh, and you might want to get, get your pencil ready. We're coming up a bit where you may want to write it down. <clears throat> and the, the verses in Corinthians teach us that, like I said, suffering equips us to comfort others that are suffering because you've been in their shoes. And your sympathy is therefore both genuine and godly. So, okay, here we go. Jot this down if you want to. I like, I, I <clears throat> almost, anyway. Those who have suffered make the best comforters. That's all, really the big takeaway from this. It enables me, when seeing a friend in pain, to use more reassuring language such as, suck it up, buttercup. Oh, I'm just kidding. Don't mind me. I'm playing. Uh, there is one thing I believe folks should avoid, and that's, you know, and this is just me talking. Your mileage may vary. But if you're comforting someone who's suffering, try to avoid making it a competition. Um, you know, sitting there, and they're, they're talking about their pain here and their pain there, and then you pipe up with, oh, I know how you feel with my blank hurting all the time, and launching into some long-winded spiel about all of your suffering from hangnails to getting cracked in the head with a ball bat. Remember, your friend is suffering. The last thing they want to hear is your medical history. They don't feel good, and it's all right to indulge them a little bit when they do, just like you'd like to be indulged. Then say things like, it's okay, I'm here for you, and me and, me and everybody else are praying, are praying for you. This has the effect of releasing all of those happy hormones in their brain which helps to alleviate their pain, if only for a little while. But if you ask me, um, a little while beats nothing at all. We all will wait patiently for the Lord to alleviate our pain and praise him when it does. <clears throat> oh, and uh, please let me take a little longer. I have something to tell all of you. Knowing that all of you out there are listening to my little devotionals, 
is honestly one of the greatest blessings in my life, and I thank all of you for it. Thus ends tonight's uh, devotional. May God richly bless each and every one of you. And Chaplain Bill, back over to you, sir. All righty.
opportunity to join together as a church. Um, we also uh, ask the Lord, please, everybody that's out there that's suffering, we ask that you please be with them and alleviate their suffering uh, and or any sickness they may be uh, going through right now, Lord. And as, as far as tonight's lesson is concerned, Lord, we ask you to prepare our hearts and minds to receive it wholly, that, um, we may, uh, that it may be a benefit to us in times of need. And Lord Jesus, we there are no words to express our love for you, Lord, because it's greater than infinite. Um, we uh, ask, we praise your holy and mighty name, Lord, and uh, thank you again. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. Open your Bibles, if you will, everybody, to uh, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. We're going to look at some verses 
as a jumping off point for tonight's message, which is in, if it had a title, I guess it would be called What God Has Shown Me Through His Word and Through Prayer. And uh, we'll get into the message. Verse 24, Isaiah 14, verse 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. That I will break the Assyrians in my land and upon my mountains, tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off them and his burden depart from off their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed and who shall annul it? And his hand is stretched out and who shall turn it back? Not me. Isaiah, 4, Isaiah 14, 24 through 27, teach and declare that all the forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. That's right. Yep. This, this, as I said, is our, our Bible text jumping off point for this message. It's a fireside okay. chat. I'm going to kind of speak from Scripture and then speak from my heart. Speak from scripture and speak from my heart until the point arrives where you can't distinguish between the two because speaking from the heart is to speak from scripture's standpoint for the biblical Christian and for the biblical Christians among us. Today, of course, will be an unusual message. As I said, it's the result of which will be evident as we have this fireside chat of sorts. What has God shown me through his word, through prayer, you ask? What are we, why is that the unofficial title of the message? Because God does speak through prayer and he speaks through his word to us as believers. Now, understand something, and this is what I'm going to make clear, and it may come as a shock to some of you, others perhaps not so. This may be among the first messages you remember from 2021 as January comes to a close. Or it may be my last message as pastor of Berean Bible Chapel. It's all in God's hands, and yes, your hands as well as the members of Berean Bible Chapel. No matter, it all boils down to God's word in the future of this online ministry, Berean Bible Chapel, which has been greatly upon my heart in recent days. 
All of it. All of it is in God's hands and in the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. Each new year since Berean Bible Chapel began, at one point or another, as we enter unknown territory, which is a new year, I have presented a fireside chat of sorts to speak from my heart as pastor of this fellowship. I suppose today's message will be remembered as the fireside chat for 2021. The idea and the concept of a fireside chat started with uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was president for four consecutive terms and uh, in the years leading up to World War II. And literally, instead of a State of the Union address, they he had a fireside chat where he spoke not just to Congress and the Senate, the House of Representatives and the Senate and elected officials, but he spoke to the entire nation. And the concept was the fireside chat, the photos of him speaking in the news media and the newspapers at that time showed him sitting in a chair in front of a fireside, a blazing fire in in the White House. And uh, that was where the origin of the term fireside chat came from. But I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm here to talk about the future of Berean. I'm here to talk about my future as pastor. If I have one, it's in God's hands and in the hands of our Lord Jesus. You see, Berean Bible Chapel is not Bill Herman's ministry. It's it. Berean Bible Chapel belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. He established this ministry. And whether I continue as pastor is in God's hands. And I'm going to I'm going to say that because I believe it with every fiber of my being. I have been pastor here for 10 years, pastor in this online ministry for 10 years, for Berean Bible Chapel, a roughly eight and a half from the concept of Berean to the beginning of Berean to Berean itself now. And for eight years, I have been led to pray and prepare to preach, pray, and prepare to all of you. Pray and prepare what? Well, for life in the last days. Pray and prepare for what? The Lord's appearing. Pray and prepare for what? Ministry. Your calling in Christ. All of us have a calling, not just the pastor. Not just the deacons. Not even the staff. All of us have a calling in Jesus Christ that supersedes this ministry. It was here. Your calling in Christ was here before Berean Bible Chapel was ever 
thought of. Yes, sir. Your calling can be found in God's word. If you search out God's word, you'll find your calling. Usually it's going to be found in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, where Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the world. That's all. That's our commission. That's our command from Jesus. It's not a suggestion. It's not a request. It's a command and a commission from the Lord Jesus Christ, your commander in chief. The only begotten son of the living God entrust you with sharing the gospel. Stop and think about that for a moment. Sure. Now, some will hear this message tonight and decide to leave. They may do so because what I say will upset or offend them. Others may be challenged to search out God's word, to see if what I'm about to tell you and what I'm about to say to you is true to God's word, to actually be Bereans. According to Acts 17.11, where it says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and, and the Bereans were more noble because they searched out God's word to see what things were so to actually be Bereans to see if what is being said to them is true to God's word and I, 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 place my, I have placed myself under that very self same benchmark since the first day Marian Bible Chapel even existed. Uh-huh. Acts seventeen eleven. If you really read it, it is the cornerstone verse of Scripture upon which our name originated. There's a story behind the name of Berean Bible Chapel. I have shared it in the past. I may share it in the future. But Acts 17.11 is where we come from. Where our lives were changed. Your lives were changed when Jesus led you here. My life was changed when Christ led me here. Change in 2021 is coming to Berean Bible Chapel. Change that God's word has been used by God's Holy Spirit to speak to my heart as pastor regarding this fellowship. The aforementioned changes I speak of 
that are coming to Berean Bible Chapel will be defined and detailed in the coming weeks. Okay. Of course, they will be brought to the staff first. And I, I would hope and pray that the staff are in staff when I bring them to the change and set it before them, outlining what the expectations are. And they will be defined and detailed in, in precise detail. Nothing here is done in a corner. Nothing here is done secretly. Nobody here wields power. I am not a tyrant or a dictator. That's for sure. And the entire matter of change, beloved, is a matter where I ask you to pray because the change and the entire matter at hand must be part and parcel of God's leading, God's will, and the catalyst that by which in 2021 we glorify God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Because our purpose here must ever be to lift up Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And frankly speaking, we're not lifting up Jesus Christ sufficiently. Okay. We cannot divide our time. Hmm. Question before you, is this a ministry and am I a pastor? God ordained his word. We, we, we spoke of Isaiah 14, 24 through 27, where it says that all the forces of hell cannot stop what God has ordained. Well, God has ordained his word. God has placed his word in our hearts. We are set apart. We are sanctified by the truth of God's word. That's what Jesus teaches us. In the Gospels In John chapter 17 You can find it yourself Read the whole chapter If you really are serious About following Jesus Christ And you're really serious About being on staff Then read John 17 And tell me where, how and why We are set apart How and why we are sanctified We are set apart. We are sanctified by the truth of God's word. In our Lord Jesus Christ himself, the way, the truth, and the life, he himself sets us apart for this online ministry. He set my life apart. He set my life apart. I thought I was going to retire and be fishing and spending time with family and traveling and, and you know, re, in retirement. But God said, no, Bill Herman, I'm setting you apart. I'm sanctifying you for ministry. Mm-hmm. 
and in the middle of your weakness, in the, in the aftermath of your surgery, when you're medically disabled, I'm going to bring you into ministry, and, and you're going to have brothers and sisters entrusted to your care. And that is my calling as pastor. It is a calling I have sought with every ounce of integrity and character and Christian godliness to be faithful and true to the Lord about. But God's Holy Spirit has convicted my heart that more of my focus must be upon the membership of Berean Bible Chapel entrusted to my care. That is why the changes are coming. Changes that will be designed to help and assist and provide help for the brethren. Are we a ministry or are we a Facebook group? Are we a New Testament Christian fellowship in these last days and end times, or are we a Facebook group? You have to answer that question for yourself. And if signing on to Berean Bible Chapel and becoming a member of Berean Bible Chapel is just a hobby, if it's a hobby... You're you're proceeding from a false assumption. We deal with life and death here in Berean Bible Chapel. It's your life here that is of great interest to God. So we are set apart. I've been set apart. We are sanctified by the truth of God's word, by none other than our Lord Jesus Christ himself. He sets us apart for this online ministry. Berean Bible Chapel is one of the places people say go to when you need prayer. I've heard the testimonies. I've listened as people said, I was led to you guys by such and such a person or so and so a set of circumstances and all of them if you look if you if you stop and just look and search it out you'll see the Lord's hand in it and his hand is on you my friends his hand is on you brother in Christ, sister in Christ. Our focus and our emphasis must be on the Lord Jesus Christ and not we ourselves. In 2021, it's not going to be sufficient to be focused on ourselves. 
None of us, myself included, none of us are indispensable. Our emphasis must be on Jesus Christ. Why? Because Christ Jesus will soon return. And we have no more time or opportunity to argue among ourselves or treat this like a hobby or be distracted by the things of this world or the cares of this world. Our attention must be focused on the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the weeks and months remaining, whatever time remains, here's the truth. Here's what I want you to listen to. Write this in the margin of your Bible. The status quo is not our calling. Mm, I love that. God, God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ did not call us to the status quo. It's not my calling as pastor. I'm not sufficient to live in a comfort zone and ride a hobby horse. And I'm here to tell you there are people affiliated with this ministry and associated with this ministry who are riding a hobby horse. And when they got time for Jesus and when they got time for God's word and when they got time, then you hear them. They come out of the woodwork. I don't know how to phrase it. Then you hear them pipe up or peep up or whatever you want to call it. I'm speaking to those people right now. We need you. Do you want to be here? Yes. I do. We are ordained by our Lord Jesus Christ to share the gospel of the kingdom of heaven as a witness to the nations. That's what the Bible teaches. I can take you to it in Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be given as a witness to the nations, and then shall the end come. We are commissioned and commanded to share our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize you have the authority of God to share Jesus? And let me tell you something. Satan doesn't want you to share Jesus. He doesn't want you to share the gospel. He doesn't want you to lift up Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to lift up God's word. He doesn't want strong, biblical, founded, uncompromising, Bible-believing, blood-washed, heaven-bound saints of God. He doesn't want to see that happening. 
because it, it, it puts the fear of God in him. He's afraid. We are ordained by the Lord Jesus to share the gospel. We are commissioned and commanded to share Jesus Christ. The question is, are you obedient to the commission and command? In these perilous times, in these last hours of the last days and end times, we are all being tested and purified. Just as God's word has declared, we will be tested. Many of us are under attack by the enemy, the evil, wicked enemy. The enemy is not the enemy because he's the enemy. The enemy is the enemy because he's evil and wicked. He doesn't act wickedly for any other reason except he's wicked. The adversary. He's the accuser of the brethren. He wants to accuse you of not sharing the gospel. He wants to accuse you of not sharing Jesus Christ. He wants to accuse you before God of not lifting up Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. What are you lifting up? What what, What are you lifting up? The better question is, Who are you lifting up? In the middle of fiery trials, under relentless, vicious, and satanic attack, God stepped into the equation. God, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Satan and the demons seek to establish strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? It's an evil, wicked enemy outpost on your path, on my path. And the plan is to make it so imposing, to make these strongholds so imposing, so intimidating, that we, like the Israeli scouts in the Old Testament, who went into the land... And they came back and they said, well, we, we can't go there. There's giants in the land. Mm. The enemy wants you to be, to cower in fear. The enemy, mm. Satan, the demon, they want you to become afraid and to call into question your faith, your God. God's word, God's son, our Lord, even God's Holy Spirit within you. And as pastor, I know and I encounter many in this online ministry who are marooned in fear of the enemy and his evil and his stronghold.
Beloved brethren, this is not what God intends for us. Turn over where Dave was at earlier, 2 Corinthians. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. I told you we were going to have a jumping off point, which was Isaiah. Now we're going to 2 Corinthians. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Start at verse verse two. Well, we can start at verse one and put it, let's put the whole what we're going to talk about in context. Now, I Paul myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. In other words, Paul's saying, you know. I'm walking with Christ. I'm going through a lot. I'm going through things, but Christ is with me. And you're hearing things happening to me, and it's coming across like I'm bold. But I want you to know I'm I'm just as human as you, and I'm going through just as much as you. And then he says, "But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present, with that confidence with which I think to be bold." against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. In other words, there's a, there were people out there telling Paul, you know, Paul, you don't sound like, you know, you're a human. You sound like you're superhuman, everything you're going through. And Paul's trying to tell them, that's not where I'm coming from here. I want you to understand something. When the enemy comes against me, I have to say I have to use the same articles of faith and the same teachings of scripture that you do. In other words, Paul's saying I don't have a monopoly over you. Then he says in verse three of Second Corinthians chapter ten, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Remember I talked about strongholds a minute ago? They're giants in the land before us. The strongholds the enemy puts up on our path. Oh, my gosh. Like We can't go. How are we going to get around this? How, how am I going to serve the Lord? How, what can I do? I'm being attacked all the time. What am I supposed to do? It's a, it, you're supposed to do what God intends you to do, and that's turn to God. Because it, it isn't you or Chaplain Bill or Brother Dave who pulls down the strongholds. God pulls down the strongholds. Amen. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. You know what that means? That means all those fears you have, all the all that anxiety and fear and apprehension and all the rest of it. God wants you mm-hmm. to give it to him because he'll pull down the strongholds and those imaginations, all those imagina- all those things you're imagining will be cast down into the dust by God himself. Wow. 
and anything the enemy tries to bring against you, it, what does the Bible say? It shall not stand. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's Satan trying to get in there and get you to call into question your faith. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That means are even your very thoughts. Stop being marooned in fear about the giants in the land. Stop being marooned in fear of the enemy and his evil. God provides us the weapons of warfare, and he himself will destroy and demolish the enemy strongholds. God himself will pull down the enemy strongholds established on our path, established on your path, established on my path. And if we call upon the name of the Lord, and I urge you, I exhort you as pastor, I implore you as pastor, Call upon the name of the Lord God Almighty. When the Holy Spirit within us is called upon, when you call upon God's Holy Spirit, we are not to fear evil. No, evil fears God's Holy Spirit within us. Amen. Amen. Our very presence. I'm going to say something. I hope it shocks you. I hope it shocks the living daylights out of many of you who have this misconception about what it is to be filled with God's Holy Spirit, about what it is to, you know, call upon God's Holy Spirit. What Jesus says we're supposed to call upon God's Holy Spirit. How else is he going to lead us and guide us into all truth unless we call upon him to do so? Yeah. Yeah. How else? Our very presence. This is what God showed me in prayer this week and in God's word. Our very presence, even in a room filled with demons, will cause the demons to flee. This is what God's word teaches us. Jesus said, fear the Lord. Sure did. Don't fear the enemy. Fear the Lord. God's word tells us don't even give place to the devil. Don't give him credit where credit isn't due. Is he wicked? Yes. Is he evil? Yes. Is he sinful? Yes. Is he rebellious? Yes. Is he defiant? Yes. Is he out to destroy you like a roaring lion? Yes. But all he can do is change your address. Mm-hmm. He can't touch you. 
He can't can't touch you. When you're saved, according to God's word, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Until the day of redemption, until the very day Jesus appears and we're lifted up off this earth and into ushered into his presence. We are sealed with God's Holy Spirit. We can call upon God's Holy Spirit within us. This is what God's word teaches us. Beloved brethren, brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, he that has ears to hear, hear my voice. I implore you, stand in boldness, holy boldness, the Bible calls it. You must recognize that in Jesus Christ with God's Holy Spirit, you must be, be, you must be the Holy Spirit-filled child of God that you are. Mm-hmm. This is why we're, we are urged and exhorted in Ephesians chapter 6 To take the whole armor of God And stand against the devil Arrayed in God's armor Arrayed in biblical faith And then we will watch the power of God's Holy Spirit Pull down the enemy's strongholds Until all that remains is dust Call upon God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Call upon God's Holy Spirit, even if your voice shakes. Let's shift gears for a minute. You say after that, where can we where can we go but up? <laughs> the great Christian apologist and theologian Randy Zacharias He's now with the Lord He was in a meeting once In India I believe it was India And he quoted Mother Teresa Who said we are all Mere pencils in the hand of God And Rabbi Ravi asked the crowd In attendance there What is God writing about us? It's a thought-provoking inquiry, to say the least, especially in light of Malachi chapter 3, 16 through 18. Go back to Malachi chapter 3. We've been here before, but it's appropriate that we come here again. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serveth him. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. And in these last days and end times, that's what God offers us, discernment. But you only get the discernment, you only get the gift of discernment, you only get the teachable spirit when you are yielded to God's Holy Spirit and you are fearing the Lord and speaking often one to another. 
And God says, the Lord hearkened. In other words, that means Jesus and God the Father, they stop what they're doing, and they turn their attention and listen. Wow. And they don't wow, just wow. listen. They, they tap an angel on the shoulder, and he starts to write down what's being said in a book of remembrance. Whoa. That's what it says. You can't deny it. Wow. And this is one of the great, this, this promise, this, this declaration. Do you realize what's going on here in Malachi? You're getting a glimpse into heaven. Yes. God has pulled back the curtain and says, this is what happens when you talk about me. This is what happens when you speak about me. This is what happens when you lift me up. Among yourselves. Wow. Incredible. Books of remembrance written in heaven concerning what we say and discuss and converse about when we are walking and talking about our Lord Jesus Christ and walking in the fear of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, the Lord's appearing is so soon, sooner than we can even begin to comprehend. If we knew it, we'd be on our knees. But here's the truth. Perhaps, perhaps it's these books of remembrance which are brought forth by angels at the judgment seat of Christ when we're in heaven, there at the Bema seat where we will all stand according to God's word. We all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Do you see why I want to put our attention on Jesus? I do. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we will hear again what once we said and did. Do you realize that? And why? (laughs) Here's the really amazing thing. We'll, we'll be there at the judgment. The books will be brought out. They'll be read. What we said and did and discussed and our actions and conduct and our motivations and all of the rest will be laid bare right before us. And there we will see why it caught God's attention. Yep. Our Lord Jesus teaches us in the Gospels, there is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. Mm-hmm. He even says at another point, every idle word we speak about will be brought forth. That's why it's incumbent upon us as believers and as your pastor, I urge you, don't trifle with God. Don't think you can play pretension and pretending with God. Everything will come to light. Nothing's going to be hidden. Remember I told you at the beginning of this message, in Berean Bible Chapel, nothing's done in secret. There's no covert Christianity at work here. There's no hidden agenda. 
because I've learned a long time ago and been reminded this week that there is nothing hidden that won't be revealed. Hmm. Everything will come to light. The Bible teaches us. Everything will come to light, the Bible teaches us. And do we keep in the context? What context, Jaffe, are you talking about? Hmm. Well, the Bible is... The Bible's the only book where the author is in love with the reader. <laughs> Do you realize that? <laughs> Does this precious truth come to your mind and thoughts? Does it come into your heart when you see your Bible sitting there on the shelf or sitting there with dust on it? Or after all these years of following Christ, when you pick up your Bible... Is reading the Bible become mere routine, or is it a chore? Remember Duck Dynasty, Jace Robinson. Jace Robinson, he goes to churches and 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 gives a testimony. He's invited to go to churches and give testimonies. And one of his testimonies included what he calls the Bible in 60 seconds. He says, from Genesis to Malachi, teaches that Jesus Christ, God's son, is coming to earth from heaven. That's a true statement. That's exactly what Genesis to Malachi teach. It's all about Jesus. And he's, it's all about the prophecies and that Jesus is coming, the messianic prophecies, and God's son was coming to earth from heaven. And then he says, from Matthew to John, it relates his coming to earth. What happened when he came? What happened? What he said? What he did? That he was crucified and risen. And then from Acts to Revelation, he says, we're taught, that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth. There you go. There you go. And from Acts to Revelation, it teaches us what Jesus wants us to know and what to do in the time we have left on this earth. And we don't have much time left here on this earth. I don't believe it. I don't believe we do. In my experience as a pastor, 46 years as a believer, Bible truth stands out in clarity and uncompromising reality. God has a habit of picking nobodies and making them somebodies without consulting anybody. Amen? Do I have to say that again? God has a habit of picking nobodies, that's me, making them somebody, that's me, and he didn't consult anybody about doing it. And guess what? That's you.
anybody ever told me that I would become medically re, re, disabled and retired and and I would be in ministry, I would have I would have said it, you're out of your mind. But God said, no, this is the sound mind of Jesus Christ at work. Because there's people who need you, Bill Herman. And I said, God, I'll I'll serve you. I'll serve you until the day I die. And I will serve Jesus until the day I die. And I will stay true to his word until the day I die, God, by God's grace. Not in my own strength, but by God's grace. Whether I remain pastor of Berean Bible Chapel, that's up to God. And that's up to the brethren. One of the problems I find perplexing, though, in my experience here for the last 10 years in online ministry, is that folks don't really give Jesus Christ their baggage along with their sin. They are literally carrying their baggage. Seriously, I know so many people, they, they, it's like an addiction. And all I have to do is give it to Jesus. I seriously don't understand their specific kind of crazy because it is crazy. Hold on to your baggage. When you can just give it to Jesus. But I can't help thinking they are totally committed to it. Not to Jesus. Not to... Not to being everything God wants them to be, but being caught in that crazy loop of trying to carry your baggage through life. You've got to give it to Christ. He he has so many things he can do with you and for you. And yet I find that these same type of folks, and I see them in online ministry, they then turn around and blame God when the storms come their way. And I ask myself, why is that so? Because they don't understand not all storms come to disrupt their life and tear apart their life. I think it's the influence of the prosperity gospels, what I think it is. I think it's the influence of false teaching, false doctrine. That's why Berean Bible Chapel is, is 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 so important that we can lift the truth of God's word up. And one of the truths of God's word is sometimes God allows the storms to come, not to disrupt and destroy our lives. Sometimes God allows them to come to clear our path. Doesn't it say in Job 
They are like straw before the wind and like chaff that a storm carries away? Oh, yeah. Brethren, in those instances when the storms come your way, and you are, you're asking God, help you, help me navigate through this, help me get through this, Lord. And I've been in those storms. I've been in those storms. And I, I urge you, I implore you, I beg you in Jesus' name, ask God, why are you taking me through these troubled waters? Is it out of God's realm of possibility that God would answer you and say, because your enemies can't swim? (laughs) Could there be another reason? Maybe Jesus himself take your hands and says, come on out and walk on the raging sea with me. I think... I think of the godly influences in Berean Bible Chapel. I think of the godly influences, the godly brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ that I've known in this online ministry. And I praise God for them. And if I could, in closing, ask you to turn to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. In closing, we only have a few moments, so I have to be hurt, be kind of hurried about it. Thirty-one is the is the, the women's chapter. I call it the women's chapter. It's about the virtuous woman. But in verses ten to thirty-one, we read about the virtuous woman, and one of the things it says is she looks upon the needs of her own household. And really, in the, in the Hebrew and Greek, it's talking about women of valor, women of character and virtue and strength and courage and integrity as she walks the walk of the redeemed. The actual Jewish term King Solomon is referring to is Aishet Chelel, which means women of valor. And I know women in valor. Mm-hmm. She walks the walk of the redeemed, opening her mouth with godly wisdom, with the teaching of kindness and gentleness on her tongue and from her lips. She anticipates the needs of her household, it says in this passage. She does not eat the bread of idleness or of she's neither stagnant, nor does she possess hypocrisy, nor does she spread wicked gossip. She is not double-minded in any of her ways. She's not carnal. She's not unstable. The Bible says from God's perspective, God's standpoint, a woman of valor is how God looks at her. Now stop and think about that precious truth, ladies. As Pastor Berean Bible Chapel, I recognize God's provision in my life and walk in providing women of valor. In my life, starting with my wife, Patty, my helpmeet in this life. And I pray God bless my wife and the women of valor in Berean Bible Chapel. Women of valor 
starting with my wife, have taught me that it is not how much scripture I know. It is how much scripture I obey and how much scripture I live. And for all you women of valor and Berean, I thank you for putting up with me for these many years. And I leave you with the powerful blessing of Isaiah 62.3, which reads, You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. And as we read in Proverbs 31.10, her worth is far above rubies. In Psalms 126, 5 through 6, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying their sheaves with them. The enemy will try to stop what God has ordained here at Berean Bible Chapel, but all the forces of hell will seek to stop what God has ordained And like Satan, they will all fail, just as they failed at Calvary, just as they failed at the tomb, just as they failed again. I spoke in my heart. May God be glorified. Always. And everything said and done here. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we just pray now at the end of our service. My heart is broken. And I ask you, Lord, to lead God in direct. Yes, please. We trust in you, Lord. We commit this chapel to you, Lord, and everyone in it. Uh-huh. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Big ol' amen. All right, beloved. Have a wonderful night. God bless each and every one of you. I hope tonight's message was a blessing. It was. Good night, everybody. Good night, friends and neighbors and dear loved ones. Thank you for being here, and uh, thank you for for being you. It's it's really neat to hang out with with such a great group of Christians. You can trust me on that one. I love you guys. Sleep well tonight. (laughs) 